I Quit My Job, a podcast about songwriting with your hosts, Derek Harrison and Travis Reitzma. I quit my job. I quit my job. I quit my job. I'm free today. For those of you who aren't from Windsor or Essex County, you're probably sick of hearing us talk about it on seemingly every episode. But unfortunately, our guest today is another Windsor native, James Olteen Lepp, who's the front man for James O.L. and the Villains, as well as several bands in the past, and his own solo music on top of that. Uh, James is the musician I've probably known the longest who's been on this. I never knew him well until until the last hmm, five or six years, but uh, we actually went to high school together. He grew up in Harrow, so the same small town I grew up in, and we frequented the same pop-punk circuits in Harrow, Kingsville, and Windsor back in the day. James has been playing with a lot of the same musicians for many years, and you can't help, when you do that long enough, you can't help but kind of evolve into your own distinct sound. And I find there's something really special about what James is doing, and it's a bit, it's got, it's got, it's, it's definitely distinct, and so I've dubbed it Colchwave, because until, until this interview, I thought James lived in Colchester, so... The name is a misnomer, but I like it, and I'm going to stick to it. His lead guitarist, Bose, uh, he lives in Colchester, so one of the records was recorded there. So I'm going to I'm going to keep it. I'm surprised how put together I sound in this interview, because the night before I had a gig with my band in Toronto, the Old Salts, for North by Northeast at Sneaky D's, and uh, it was our first gig with a new lineup, the six-piece, with my brother Jeff on the drums. So it was kind of a night worthy of an after-party. And I knew I had to get to Windsor to do this interview, and I knew I had to play a gig at Fog that night. But uh, nonetheless, I was up until 8.30 in the morning and had to catch a 12.30 bus down to Windsor. I actually made it to the door of the bus at 12.29, so I just barely made it. And luckily, was able to get this interview done, so... And for those of you in Windsor, you can actually see my band, The Old Salts, play this Saturday at Fog. That's July 25th. And we're going to be playing with Dave Dubois, who was on the podcast a few weeks back. He's going to be opening up the night with a solo set. So anyway, let's get to it. So this is James O.L. on I Quit My Job. Um, I've, I've been working on this song for like, probably like three years, maybe three years. Yeah. Really? Um, or, or at least maybe even four, just like, yeah. And it's just been in my head and I'm finally putting all the pieces together and like actually made the arrangement and everything. Um, it's called Wild Goose Jack and it's going to be, the idea is that it's going to be the title track for the next Villains um, album, mm-hmm. or which was gonna be an EP, but we're kind of like pushing it back a little bit and waiting till you, it can be an album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we actually have uh, we have five songs, um, four of which we already, three of which we play already in practice, and okay. um, two that I have to like make full demos of where all the arrangements are um, like put together. Mm-hmm. It's just basically right now. It's just like verse, chorus, verse, mm-hmm. chorus kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's not. It's not really kinda, constructed. Yeah, I like to go in and like just t- tweak it a little bit. Make Wait, it so the arrangement. It, do we, should we have that off? I think it's fine. The fan? Think, yeah, it's fine, right? Uh, yeah. It's hot um, in here. So do you? Uh, yeah, I think we need it. It sounds to me like so. You, do you write all the arrangements basically, or at least the majority yeah. of them, and then before it gets to the band? Yeah, I do. I I pretty much bring demos of the songs yeah, with and, the parts. Yeah, not mm-hmm. just voice and guitar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I've done the voice and guitar thing, but it just seems like it's so much easier. And just like I don't know what it, it's just the thing with with this band. It's because that's how it kind of started. Yeah. Was that I gave presented songs and we played yeah. the songs, and it's just that's what everyone's used to. That's how you work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it's not like I'm against collaborating, but it's just, with us, it just makes mm-hmm. sense this way. Yeah. Have you ever collaborated at all, or is it purely 
In the, in the villains? Yeah, in the villains, yeah. On a couple of things, mm-hmm. on a couple of things, like, here and there, just, like, really just kind of small things, mm-hmm. just, like, and, and a lot of the times I'll ask everyone's opinion, I'll, I'll often ask people's opinion, and I'm, mm-hmm. I am, mm-hmm. like, influenced by their opinion, so, like, a lot of that goes into it. Um, what about the, uh, on that EP you made, the, uh, tits, so, uh, remind me of the name. For the World's for the, Album? Yeah. But it's longer than that, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I've touched the sky. That's yeah. the one. Um, you have your uh, your brass section in there, right? Or woodwinds. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, well, that that was a solo EP too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Did you write those arrangements as well? The the the, like the uh, clarinet part and everything, because that's fantastic. No. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I. It was incredible. I. I re- yeah, that was um, Richard Dreiser, and he he came in. I basically just told him like he's he's a big improviser okay. like he's a ma- really good at improvising and I played with him a few times at, um, on Monday nights at wait Hall. is that Rich from Kate and Rich Rich yeah okay right okay yeah. I never yeah. put that two together but I should have been like clarinet <laughs> on a record done in Windsor it's gotta be <laughs> yeah yeah he's the only clarinet yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm just realizing the connections yeah yeah Anyway, so yeah, new song you're working on tonight. So yeah. three year, it's been over three years you've been working on it. How is that normal for you? Um, uh, it depends on the song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this one was I would say unusually a long time because um, I just re- I really really like this song and I mm-hmm. I kind of like was really precious about it. I actually haven't even written the lyrics yet. Oh wow. Just like I've got the arrangement. The music has just stuck with you for all this time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's morphed. I was like going through. I record ideas on my phone, like video and and like audio and everything. I was just like going back on some of these things and seeing how the song has changed over the years because I had all these different versions of it and it's been like cut apart and different oh, yeah. things added and and just all your little scraps and demos you make. Yeah, yeah. So I was surprised actually because I realized how old the song was when <laughs> I was recently going back to some of these old archives and it's like, whoa, man, I was working on that song like, <laughs> super long ago. Wow. What about uh, do you do you sometimes write songs in one go and just kind of start to finish and it's done? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sometimes I, um, I find that's the best way. If I'm really inspired, um, what I try to do is write. Um, the whole uh, uh or i'll write i'll write more than the song needs i'll write five yes. verses i'll write two choruses i'll write mm-hmm. two bridges and i'll have this all this e- information this epic yeah and then <laughs> just because i i don't want to ha- end up with less and then I, the less than you need and then it's later. gone yeah. yeah the vibe's gone and then i i'm like spending a day trying to figure out one sentence or mm-hmm. something which has happened to me so I just I overwrite and then I cut, I think that's I cut awesome. it I've done that after. before, but I, I don't do it as much. I just don't think I have as much of um uh, enough of a work ethic, really, kind of to do it that way. Because I try to, and there's songs I've written, you know, eight verses for and stuff, and those ultimately end up being the better songs. Because when you trim it down, you yeah. keep the good stuff. Yeah. But um, most of the time I kind of get to the end and then I'm like, all right. Finally, I'm I'm done. Okay, I can set it aside and go do some <laughs> other shit. Yeah, uh, and then and then I tweak it over time. Yeah, it, it's kind of it can be tough. It's almost mm-hmm. like um, if you're working out or something, you gotta like, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, okay, I did I did the amount of reps I was going yeah. for, but you could like keep going yeah. and just like you know, I don't know. It's it's hard to push yourself to do like another verse or something like mm-hmm. that but also like with working out uh if you stop it's so much harder to yeah. start again i was yeah. gonna say it's poison practically yeah. when you stop like yeah. it, i mean yeah. like I, I have so many riffs of things that i picked up and was like oh yeah this is cool this is going somewhere and then mm-hmm. i just abandon it for a few hours i'll come back to it later and then yeah. i never yeah. do right <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> or rarely do i come back to it mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'm all, yeah, it's almost nice to just like yeah to always finish the song completely in yeah. one day or something. Yeah, it yeah, usually ends well when you do it that way. Did you write songs pre Lennigan, or was that Ooh. the beginning for you? That was sorry, wait, Lennigan. Yes. Do I? I don't know about this. Okay. <laughs> so why don't we start there? <laughs> we'll right, get it from, there? We can get it from the horse's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How uh, old are you? 
Where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> well, back in the late 90s, I uh, started my first band, which was called Full Nelson. Hmm. And so that would have eventually become Lenigan. So the first band, Full Nelson, was a punk band. And we started out playing covers. Um, I can't. I'm trying to remember if to answer your question. If I wrote song, I did write songs before Lennigan because I wrote stuff for, for Full Nelson. Full Nelson. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I wrote before Full Nelson. Um, and I think that I did write a couple of little things. I had a uh, like a four track, and. I would record on there ideas and stuff, and I think there might have been like a couple of acoustic songs. Okay. Like more like that kind of thing. Right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of a mix right at the start. I had these electronic drum, uh, like um, beats, drum things like were mm-hmm. uh, the pads that you oh, could yeah. get different sounds out of. So mm-hmm. I'd use those for the drums and. Um, Plug, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty. It was pretty messy sounding. Pretty good. But yeah, same. There was I, a, I was playing around on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was in that was in Colchester, right? Harrow. Harrow. Yeah. yeah. Harrow. Yeah. Okay. I live. I lived in Colchester when I was, um, like, really young, like, uh, mm-hmm. like, five to eight mm-hmm. area, okay. and then we moved to Harrow. And moved into Harrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you went to high school in Kingsville, right? Grade school. In King, I took one class in high school, but I went to grade school in Kingsville, and okay, I went and to high school in Harrow. Wow, really? Yeah. That explains why Lenigan was painted on the wall in there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah, seeing that yeah. one day. I had your little four-track uh, CD. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, there's a a lot of there's a lot of musicians from Harrow, the yeah. Harrow Colchester area. It seems like Windsor. Especially the last probably five six years, really, when you when the villains started to get to get bigger <coughs> in the scene, like there, it seems like, oh, there's a hell of yeah. a lot of musicians from Harrow and Colchester, yeah. and they all come out of this sort of punk, exactly. thing, and they morph into something else. You know? And we yeah. all kind of came up. We're all within a, two three years of each other. Like we all came yeah. up at the same time, basically. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. hanging out at the Gino A. Marcus and stuff, and mm-hmm. there was that little place in Kingsville where they used to do gigs and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Community center, Harrow Community Center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Punk shows at the Harrow Community Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically the point of the community center. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of our first shows were like that. that like um, one of the first Lanigan shows, I think, was at the Migration Hall. Oh, yeah. It was like a Battle of the Bands thing. And, yeah. There was like a coffee shop that we played in Kingsville. So, do you think that there was. Um, I'm asking this to both of you. We're interviewing both of you now because you're both from Harrow. Do you think know. there was. There was uh, some sort of collective sound that maybe emerged out of out of that in some way. Like, do you think you were influencing each other, even if it wasn't consciously, at all? I probably not. No. Um, it's not the answer that I was hoping for. I know, <laughs> uh, I know, but it's like <laughs> it was more just like a little satellite part of the Windsor, the Windsor pop scene. punk sort of thing yeah that was happening at the time right in a way yeah i would i'd say so yeah i think it helped the fact that there were like a few bands that started out in the county doing mm-hmm. punk and then it made us all think we could do it yeah yeah <laughs> kind of yeah which was yeah late 90s it wasn't exactly harrow but uh melodic skate punk or whatever yeah yeah and yeah. then it kind of got heavier yeah, a little while, for a little while, and then I, and then I, that's when I kind of came up to Windsor, and discovered more folky stuff. Yeah. So what happened to Lennigan? That was what? What was it? Um, Carl was in that band, right? Yeah. Carl Lonsbury. Yep. Carl, Matt Hewer played drums, and uh, Mike Belvert played bass. Mm-hmm. Um. And so we played until, and then I, uh, I went to university in Windsor after high school um kind of broke up sort of that summer um just with the life changing and everything mm-hmm. yeah there was i don't know there were reasons there were there <laughs> reasons <laughs> there's always reasons yeah you know, they're they're not gonna listen to the podcast or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> um 
I don't know. Yeah, I guess it was Kyle pretty... Kyle doesn't have Facebook, so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it is pretty kind of typical kind of story. Is is uh, a variety of reasons that were almost cliches in a way, mm-hmm. but just mm-hmm. very typical of bands breaking up, especially young bands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a shooting star or something, and it just like explodes at some yeah, point. At some point. Mm-hmm. You know. How did? What did you study in university? Visual art. Okay. Finished. Yep. And then was there a gap there? So after Lennigan, were you just like, well, that was my childhood. Now I'm going to be this other, I'm going to be a visual artist. Like I'm not. Did you still identify with yourself as like a musician primarily or not at that point? Uh, There's definitely a period where I didn't feel, I felt really disconnected to Mm -hmm. the music scene. Because I kind of stopped going to shows I, yeah, and I, I, so yeah, I wasn't really playing with anybody. I started writing, this is when I started writing uh, songs on my own and recording Mm -hmm. them on my own. And I took it as like a chance to write all the kinds of music that I had been like interested in towards the end of Land Again, but couldn't really play because we were like a punk band yeah mm-hmm. you know and we had like i thought we had like a good sound and i didn't really want to like stray from that too much and it probably wouldn't have made sense anyways actually some of the last few songs we wrote were really different yeah they were going in like a cool direction but like more just trying to take the genre and do something a bit different mm-hmm. put like some prog elements and stuff but um an emo a little bit i guess mm-hmm. uh just playing around with that and then um but yeah, so I started writing on my own, and I, I eventually, over a year, a year and a half maybe, I put together an album that I don't think too many people have heard, and no. I'm not <laughs> against that. <laughs> Stay buried. Under but just yeah. your name? It was called Famous Last Words. By? That was the name, that was oh, the okay. name was of just... the project okay. and the group, or yeah. me. Did you gig it? I think I played one show, just okay. like probably i think it was with an acoustic guitar yeah um mm-hmm. even though the song was not like wasn't really like an acoustic guitar mm-hmm. album it wasn't folk it was like a mixture of it was a real eclectic thing mm-hmm. like completely eclectic there was like mm-hmm. metal on there there was oh, wow. like electronic so uh, it was like so you do you think that was like you finding your voice was that was that phase yeah yeah mm-hmm. And that was right around the time, too, like, because I came in, probably the reason I don't know Lennigan, is I came into the scene, and you were, like, I didn't know you at all. Like, and then all of a sudden, I remember one of the first fan fests, maybe the second or third one, uh, someone saying, oh, yeah, James Well and the Villains, they're playing over this new band, they're playing over at this other venue, and I was playing at the exact same time, and I remember being super bummed. Mm. But, uh, yeah, like, there was this weird gap where, like, I came in as you were gone. And that explains that you had left. You went to university. You sort of removed yourself from the music scene a little bit. That probably would have been yeah. about the time that I started playing a lot. That you kind of showed up. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, in my mind, you came later. You know what I mean? The James Will and the Villains were a newer band. Yeah. You came afterwards, after I sort of started after Tara Watts and, you know, yeah. all that kind of thing. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Because I did that first album, and then I did... Um, another album i basically was like a really just a private thing i was recording okay. on my own i was spending a lot of time at it eventually but it was just like basement play all the instruments myself whatever mm-hmm. and um but i had the famous last words but we barely we didn't play too many shows but then when the villains we did the villains then that's when we started really playing a lot okay and that's mm-hmm we would have met like around that time or you yeah, would have yeah, heard the band around that, around that time but mm-hmm. we had been playing off and on years prior to that it just wasn't a thing it wasn't i had no real i didn't have much ambition for making fans and playing shows as much okay you're mm-hmm. more of just like a, the creating of the music is what yeah what you do yeah i, I think i so. think i met you um if I'm remembering right, during an Elliot Smith tribute night, Milk. I think yeah. yeah, it was at Fog though. Oh, that so you it wasn't the one that. I was at. <laughs> no, it was a different one, I think. But um, I remember you asked me to play because you had heard me play at an open mic, and you heard me play 2:45 a.m. And so you were asking if oh, I could yeah. play that at the Elliot Smith tribute night, okay. and I ended up playing that song <laughs> that night. 
Oh, that's yeah. That's I think that, cool. I'm pretty sure that's when we met. I don't think I knew you before then. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I don't remember ever doing those that fog though. No. No. Maybe, I remember yeah, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I just memory yeah. mis- misremembering. Uh, <laughs> it's a word. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Mismembering. So yeah. was was Elliot Smith always part of your uh, influence? Because that's kind of I remember. I mean, I remember Lanigan and everything. I, I didn't know you, you know, at the time. Because I remember one night you were doing. It was that. It was the Elliot Smith tribute night at Milk, and I was like, okay. And for a long time, that was my Im- image of your musician, like who you were as a musician was like oh that Elliot Smith guy (laughs) he's like the guy who really likes Elliot Smith yeah (laughs) you and probably a lot of other people (laughs) for a while but do you find um, because the thing that's always impressed me about um, the villains is that I can't give it a genre like honestly for the life of me I can't it's kind of I can give it a genre I know you can I'm leading into that (laughs) it's kind of folk it's kind of it's kind of everything it's kind of Elliot Smith and that sort of songwritery uh, thing, but it's not really any mm. of them either, mm. um, and that that's always been the thing that's really interested me about. Is that is that something you consciously do? Like, do you try to make your own space, or is that just what happens when you sit down and write a song? I, I always try to do that. Yeah. yeah, I always have. I've always been very. I think a lot about um, styles of music and and rhythms and things that are typical to certain genres and little tricks that are used to have certain sounds and um i and i always try to add something to it mm-hmm. either either i'm mix i'm trying it in almost every song to do something with that a little bit different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sometimes i'm playing off of trying to sound like a certain thing um but with incorporating this other elements of this other sound that's already been established mm-hmm so yeah, I'm pretty. I, I'm. That's a big part of, of my writing process, or what what's in my mind when I write. Mm-hmm. So so what's your? Okay, so I've been. So I was in <laughs> when I, I was living in Melbourne last year, right? And uh, there was this band called Dick Diver. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, no. <laughs> Dick Diver. Yeah, they're called Great Dick name, Diver. All right. Um, they're doing. They're good. Um, and they, like, one of my roommates was a massive fan. He brought home the vine one day, and he's like, oh, you know, Australian music, I need to show you this. This is very important to me in terms of what Australian music is. Um, so he puts on the Dick Diver record, and I'm like, it sounds like the villains. Really? It's, it's different. But, but that's the first thing. I was like, there's a villaininess about him. And he had, uh, and he had, my friend had a name for the genre. He called it Dole Wave. Dole being, like, the British term for being on welfare. On the Dole? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So Dole Wave is it's young, you know, left-leaning kids who can't operate in a highly conservative Australia, and 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 that's okay. where the genre was born. And I'm like, oh, and so ever since then, I started calling what you do and what some other bands in Windsor kind of starting to sound like, which I think oh. the villains are very much shaping a sound that's now influencing everybody else in Windsor. I call it Colt wow. Wave. <laughs> Well, because the other great. the other major band that I would put in that category personally is Middle Sister, which I think I think there's a lot of influence there, from the villains to Middle Sister. Then they're totally different bands in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it's like as soon as you said it, I was like, that's totally what's oh, happening. Yeah. There's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Although part of that was the fact. I mean, I know Bo still lives out there, but I always thought you lived in still lived in Colchester for some reason. <laughs> I shouldn't have shattered the myth. How long have you been just a, a city a boy shack now? Somewhere out like, yeah, on the Colch, on the Lake Erie. Well, how long have you lived in Windsor? Oh, uh, since I came up for university. Oh, so yeah. it's been so a lot, like as, long pretty much as long time. as I have then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, I don't know. So it's he's been that w- alive at the Colt record. But that's in yeah. Bo's place, isn't it? A- yeah, that was recorded in his basement. That's why that Colch. comes from. Okay. Because you were talking about recording. Travis was talking about recording with you at some point. Mm, yeah, and I just pictured you all getting yeah. in a van driving out to the coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it could happen but that way, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've hardly ever recorded in the same space twice. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And and the... Um, so, yeah. So, you had, like, a bunch of records that were all self-produced with the villains. Yeah. How many? Three before you did the, uh, the most recent one? Um... Well, live at the Colch was the was the first that had everybody in the band playing on it, okay. playing their parts. Yeah. 
because there was the history of sex before that but that was Mm -hmm. that was a real mixture like i played most of that but um like bo played a part on Mm -hmm. it mike sang on it um how did all these people get involved i mean you've known bo for ages but like um and kyle lefebvre was the bassist for a while eh? yeah was he the original no mike belvert who played with me in line again yeah um so actually, Lanigan kind of carried over into the famous last words, my first like, okay. folk rock project, yeah. mm-hmm. um, because it was three of four members. It was just instead of Carl, uh, Steve played our first few shows, mm-hmm. acoustic guitar instead yeah. of another Steve. electric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then did that then partially carry over into the villains? Yeah. Um, Steve was kind of back and forth. He, he's traveling a lot back back in those days, so he'd kind of be gone here and there. And mm-hmm. um, Matt moved, uh, drummer moved out west, and then we That's right. yeah. And so when, basically, when we got Caleb, started yeah. calling it the villains. Okay, so mm-hmm. Caleb's the villains drummer from yeah the get go. Yeah, yeah. That's how I first met Caleb. Was through the villains. Me too. That's actually uh, originally when I when I wanted to start Diamond Hotel before it was called Diamond Hotel. I basically approached your band. <laughs> I was like, hey, you hey, guys you can be, be my, my band, band? too. Because <laughs> I went to Bo and I went to Caleb as well. And then Bo couldn't do it because he's, he's busy, but Caleb is now the drummer, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's got to be part of, like, the Coltrane thing going on is that you can't help, when you've played with the same people for that long, you can't help but have mm-hmm. a bit of a, your own kind of thing, vibe. Yeah, right? absolutely, yep. And especially considering what you're saying about actively trying to play with genre uh that's you know if you are going to influence someone that's that's they're going to do the same thing right yeah so and yeah and the the style of the villains was definitely um it was influenced by everybody's taste in that band mm-hmm. like caleb and Bo, and S- steve has influenced my musical taste in like folk music for mm-hmm. my whole life pretty Is much steve older or? older yeah. yeah okay and um yeah, so it yeah, it's been just yeah, everybody kind of everyone's opinion and the bands that we all listen to together, like we we went on a few tours, so like that kind of influence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just being close friends and all our common music that we all like is kind of what the band started sounding a little bit like okay. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That became our primary influences. Yeah. So what were some of those other than Elliot Smith? Um, I would say that Neil Young was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like Dinosaur Jr. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say yeah. those are the two that I would actually pull out. If yeah, you had to yeah. <laughs> compare. Um, yeah. uh, the Sadies. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Those are. Uh, I don't know. Built to spill. Hmm. Hmm. Those are the ones that just pop into my mind. Those are the bands that sound the most like us that we like. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Every like every one of those has. There's definitely some lineage there. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. Yeah. Um. So what happened to lead up to? I'm just curious about your first non-project named release, the <clears throat> for the world is hollow. Yep. Uh, was that part of the plan before the big Nicaragua trip? Or was it a result of that? Well, actually, even uh, before that, well, did, why did you go to Nicaragua? That's my that's my real question. <laughs> um, I went there because I always wanted to to go traveling, and um, I was really tired of being in Windsor mm-hmm. and just kind of tired of the that the the album says it all the lyrics say it all yeah. but like it, it cuz it's very much like a personal album like all the lyrics and stuff but absolutely um yeah it's just like i wanted to get away um you know experience like another country another culture and that mm-hmm. and um i saved up a bunch of money so i i just went and you for, went alone yeah i went alone yeah um and I got an apartment in Nicaragua and I stayed there for a while and then I, I surfed and I traveled around. The idea of the trip was was going to be, I wanted to learn how to surf. I mean, that was one of my goals okay. for the trip and also to write this album. That's uh-huh. why I bought this recorder that I have, oh. that multi-track recorder. I ran all the demos for the album on that on that thing. 
mm-hmm. and um, I just record songs while I was on the trip. I wrote a lot of poetry. Nicaragua is very big into poetry. Okay. It's like their their poets are like their the way that famous actors are here. Really, they're mm-hmm. poets. They're really into oh. that. So it was inspiring just being around that. Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote a lot of lyrics and um and. I was gonna originally the out for the world's hollow touch this guy was gonna be released as a book of poetry hmm. um, with an album that went with it, but in the end I don't know I just screwed up that I, no, I didn't think the poems were, were good enough or oh, something well. I don't know how but, does how does your do you, do you write poetry differently than you write lyrics? Yeah, it's just like a lo- little bit looser yeah. maybe I don't yeah. I'm not as focused on like patterns and rhyming and stuff okay do you are you do you think that are you more vulnerable when it comes to the poetry is that why you didn't end up releasing it do you think like were you more um, scared of how people would would take it no 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 um thinking about it now i'd say the poetry is less personal than the lyrics mm-hmm. oh, because okay. they're, they're just more abstract most Absolutely. of the time and they're most usually about sometimes they're about mundane things mm-hmm Whereas, like, I'll probably take my lyrical topics more seriously. Or poem, I'll just write about some kind of insignificant thing that happened. But I write, I write a lot. So I, I write, like, I write some things that are stream of consciousness is what I'm feeling. Yeah. And those I wouldn't even call poems. Those are yeah, just, like, just I don't know, what is that, journal entry <laughs> or something? the equivalent of a sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah just and to that's get your like, brain working. Just, yeah, yeah. And those things, obviously, are really personal. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's n- yeah, that's not lyric or poetry. That's, like the kind of thing that people write when they're just trying to get stuff off their mind. Yeah. Is that like the first step though to writing something or, or how does your approach to lyric writing begin? I've got different approaches that I've taken on over the years. Um, tried a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. One way I find if you can't think of anything, uh, if, if you're, um, have writer's block, you can just start writing and just mixing words together. And mm-hmm. just, I find you do that. If you write two paragraphs of nonsense you're going to realize that what you just wrote made a lot of sense and mm-hmm. then you're going to start writing stuff that becomes really probably really personal and 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 um just once you start moving your hand and connecting the thoughts to your brain and you get rolling and then it's like you get the momentum going and then it's uh-huh. easy to write mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and that's a good tr- like that. that's an easy trick to get to get going so i've used that quite a few times so it's usually lyrics before music then for you not always. Not always. No. Yeah. But you do that sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 You're like me. There's just no one way. Yeah. I write yeah. a song. I don't have. Some people have like a specific way they do it, but mm-hmm. I just like. Some songs have come out like this. And others. Yeah. For the most part, though, it's usually actually music first. Yeah. 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 Usually, I'll be sitting with the guitar and I'll kind of start like singing a melody, and then I'll, mm-hmm. then I start writing like pages of lyrics and start okay. pulling stuff out. Hmm. Okay. So about the um, for the world is hollow, why? How did you consciously decide that was going to be not villains? That that material was specific. Because um, to me, the villains was, and still is. Um, that band. Okay. The. There, the people who are in it right now are the villains. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and. I mean, yeah, I've I've really like 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 we had Andrea who sang, yeah, and that was you know the part that was that was like an era of our sound, and um, you know, we've had like you know the different bass players now we have Brian, mm-hmm. uh, we had Colin, Kyle, uh, Mike, and it's uh, like the drummers in Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our, that is our bass player situation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's but but the. But like the the sound is always kind of it it's, has been established and it has been there for quite a while now like yeah. probably like four yeah. years we've had like this sound I, yeah. I feel it's changed a little bit here and there but it's there and this and the for the world is hollow I didn't have that sound it wasn't right. electric guitars it wasn't you mm-hmm. know it wasn't uh, it was barely rock and when mm-hmm. and when it was rock it was like a different kind of rock mm-hmm. I was kind of going for like an old like there, the rock song on there is "Skate or Die,", Skate or die. And, and yeah. I was kind of going for like an old 
style of rock, mm-hmm. like a 50, yeah, like in a almost, way, like a yeah, 50s it had that rock. beat to it, yeah. yeah. So it was it was intentionally different than the villains just to get okay. because I was I wanted to. I still I have all these different ideas of music and genres and and types of music that I want to write, but it just doesn't make sense to to do that with the villains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have to kind of put it on the back burner. But every now and then I have to feel like I have to put out these albums. Yeah. Yeah. These separate projects. Yeah. Explore mm-hmm. different you know yeah. different outlets, right? Whereas that was like really folky to me mm-hmm. and it had all the acoustic it did, instruments it was yeah, except yeah. for yeah. the skater die like the whole rest of the record is very yeah yeah acoustic yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was originally meant i wanted to use no amplified instruments it's just okay. gonna be like totally folk but it kind of went out the window quickly but yeah it's for generally <laughs> it's like it is pretty much something you could play live in a room with like, people with no amps or anything right mm-hmm. right yeah yeah and i like that um so for me the after that you did uh um on the banks of the Detroit River. Yes. And yeah. for me, that, like, I was talking to Josh Olson about it when it first came out, and uh, my sort of interpretation, having no evidence or knowledge of the situation, was that this was like the villains saying, okay, this is what we're going to put down into, like, perpetuity what the villains have been doing for these four years. Like, because a lot of the songs are older tunes. Um, just now mm-hmm. redone in, in, in um, Sound Foundry, right? You did it at Sound Foundry? Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, so they're like taking their catalog and distilling it into this one package of like, this is what the villains are. And uh, is that at all, am I full of shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say that you're accurate, but the um, those were pretty much all the songs that we had. But mm-hmm. again, like they were like you you said it had been yeah those are all the songs that we had like since the live at the cult and um those are the songs we had been working on for years and they were over a period of time and so we had a lot of time to def- to define these songs and mm-hmm. we had been playing them for years mm-hmm. even touring them and like we so it was a good chance to really play them well and and mm-hmm. just to to do it live like we okay. did it live so just to play the songs really tightly yeah. and really easy and get the, the feel really fast. And um, I did kind of, in a way, I I wanted that album to be kind of like really definitive mm-hmm. and get all of our different sounds yeah. as much as possible on one album. It's kind of what I get from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to be very tight, like um, with, with the Live of the Colts, there's like, there's like sound samples between songs mm-hmm. and there's some long jams Jammy and it's stuff. just yeah it's kind of there's some fun little like things that are the little jams in between songs and stuff like that instrumental stuff and yeah. for but for on the banks it was like song after song mm-hmm. every it's just like the next song and yeah. every song mm-hmm. was meant to be Ten really tracks, good just... and really tight and you know and you succeeded at that absolutely yeah, yeah uh, i do have a question though about uh, so next month i'm playing a gig here at Fog with uh, this machine kills robots. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and then I heard I put on your record and there's a surf song on it, or a surf instrumental. Yeah. And I was like, these guys must have been listening to this machine kills robots. <laughs> <laughs> or was it the other way around? Uh, was that? A d- I would. I would. <laughs> I don't know. I can't ask. No, it wasn't them listening to me. That's for sure. Okay. No, it wasn't that way. I might. I was. I'm sure I was influenced by it. I remember when um, Josh told me that he was gonna. That yeah. He was Josh joining, Costa. Yeah. Josh Costa mm-hmm. said he was starting a surf band. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I I hadn't written "Kill the Devil" our surf track yet at that point, but I probably had the riff. Okay. Yeah. But I love I love that band. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're amazing. I, be f- I've never actually seen them live. Um, this oh. will be the first time like, in July. Awesome live. Yeah, yeah really, really. And Andy's tight. like one of my. We yeah. Go, we go way back. Andy the Andy Robinette. Yeah. Another hero musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another hero musician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're great. I I love watching them live. I love their style too, like mixing the punk rock and mm-hmm. and I yeah I guess yeah. They, their last album was really eclectic. Mm-hmm. The one that just came out, eh? Yeah, yeah, it is. So I know that like some of you are from Harrow and others, others from Windsor. Uh, like, but I mean, even the last, the last album on the banks of the Detroit River, like, 
I, I knowing you guys personally, it seems like you take the local culture thing very seriously. Like you're all very much immersed in the local yeah. culture, local even local produce and things. Like, I know Caleb is big yeah. on all on all of that stuff. <laughs> it's also a massive part of your lyrics, you know. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna yeah. say. Is that like you Windsor specific roads? Yeah, Windsor seems <laughs> like a very very like you know something that you really care about, and it comes through in the music too. Um, do you do you envision that going forward that you'll keep doing that? Do you think? That, uh, or is that is that like a specific moment in the band where you felt inspired to write about the city? Um, that has kind of been a theme in the whole project uh, since I started doing folk music. Actually, mm-hmm. that's been mm-hmm. a theme in in my writing. Because um, I do I do that too, and like I I never seem to run out of things to write about with this yeah. area. You know? Yeah, I don't know yeah. if it if it is like a part of of the folk tradition or it's mm-hmm. like a it feels natural to do that and roots music because you're talking about mm-hmm. stories local people and things and things around you mm-hmm. um it's not like pop music where you're talking about a general guy yeah. and girl or whatever yeah. it's like it's more rooted of, yeah roots right more rooted in some in some area ah, yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i did i did i think i i've been talking about Windsor yeah since the Invisible album History of Sex I'd mentioned like Wyandotte Street on it and stuff like mm-hmm. it's just kind of yeah for the, for the villains I've always done that mm-hmm. probably keep doing that yeah yeah that's just how you write yeah. yeah so when you write do you think could you not write songs like if you <laughs> if you decided to just focus on something else and like the villains ended or whatever um, is songwriting something you do like for the fact that you're a musician or is it something that you need to do i think it's something that i need to do i'm kind of kind of like compulsive it's kind of like an impulsive compulsive addiction Mm -hmm. in a way like um uh, like something kind of i can't control and doesn't really I, i don't know it's so weird it's like Sometimes it do, it's not for the good because I'll no, like, put off things yeah. in my life that <laughs> are much more meaningful <laughs> yeah. to write music and, yeah. and to work on it, especially when I'm in the midst of like an album. It's like it yeah. becomes all-encompassing. And so it can it, even have the destructive aspect of an addiction. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like, and I'm thinking about it all day long. And like sometimes like I might not hear what someone's saying because <laughs> I'm not listening to them because I'm <laughs> thinking about like a lyric or a melody or something yeah. like that or just some idea for an, a song, uh-huh. yeah. song and, arrangement. And you have a day job, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so does it get in the way of that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What it, can I ask what it is? Yeah, yeah. Um, I am a support worker. Okay. I, yeah, I take care of um, like people with special needs yeah. in a group home. Okay. It's like a community living style. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Does that find its way into your songs? Um I can't say that it has. Um not that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe it's something I'll realize like years later, but that it's like it's in there but very subtly. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah. And in terms of the villains, what's what's the trajectory now? It's like, I know you're starting to work on the next record. Are you planning to tour anytime soon? Um, I know last time I saw you in Toronto, you're like, we can't really play in Toronto more than like twice a year or something, because then it's just not. Yeah. Um, and I hear that a lot, and I honestly hear it even more from Windsor acts than I do from people elsewhere. Is like this reluctance to to play these cities too often. And you've been, you guys have toured out to the East Coast, haven't you? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just once? Um, twice. Twice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm just curious about, like, growth trajectory. Are you happy at this level and kind of maintaining this? Or are you trying to, uh, you know? Mm, I'm, I'm always trying to elevate the band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to connect to more as the most amount of people as possible at the end of the day that that's what I really like because I really like playing shows when to people who are interested in yeah. hearing the music mm-hmm. I don't like playing to indifferent people I don't mm-hmm. care how many people are out in the crowd if they don't 
they're not listening. They're yawning. Yeah, yeah. then it doesn't feel I good. I see that. I look. Yeah, I. We I, all feel it too. Yeah, I think yeah. we know we're not being listened to. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know it's not it's not fun. Uh, well, it's still fun. It's always fun playing music, even to people who don't care. But it's the it's the level that it's better is so mm-hmm. much more when people are digging the music and they're wanting to hear it and they're yeah. Um, so my goal is to just find more people like that, just yeah. to connect to as many people that are, that are genu- genu- okay. genuinely interested. Do you do you think that it would be that the villains are the villains are your main thing, right? Do you yeah. th- do you think it'll continue to be that way, or do you think like your solo stuff might end up being what elevates you, or like do you think you can go with the band? Um, I suppose that could be a term just throwing somebody under the bus. <laughs> 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 um. That's I don't know. Time will tell. Mm-hmm. I I think the band is really 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 great and I think that we sound as good or better than we ever have right now yeah. because mm-hmm. we're we're just gelled. We've got Brian on bass now and he's like probably like he's one of the best bass players I've ever played with before. Mm-hmm. The guy's like ridiculous. Um and he really gels the the band mm-hmm. so we got this really good sound and we're actually we are touring in uh we we signed up with a booking agent um okay and he's he's gonna uh set up dates for us in the fall so we're gonna do a weekend every month from nice. september till uh december mm-hmm. and um just do these little short mm-hmm. weekend shows try to push on the banks Right, yeah. yeah, for sure. Before you, know, you can before, sit down, yeah. are you gonna? Is that like a plan for the winters to sit down with the new record and probably the spring? Spring, okay. yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. actually working on a, a in the beginning stages of a solo album. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have these two going on right now: the next villain of this album and the solo album are yeah mm-hmm. overlapping. They are, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to play a song? Yeah, I'd love to. You can uh, you can intro it if you'd like to. Okay, uh, I wrote this song. Uh, after uh, Old Dirty Bastard passed away. I was a fan of his music and I'd uh, write a tribute song for him. So this is the, last, this is the fifth track off of my History of Sex album. Dylan 
Ain't no PDP OTB OTB Wake up To the king I ain't no Will Oldham Ain't no Bonnie Prince Billy Sweet. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. That was our interview with James O'Well. You can go listen to his band, James O'Well and the Villains, at jamesowellandthevillains.bandcamp.com, where you can listen to and buy their new album, On the Banks of the Detroit River. You can buy that album digitally for $7 on CD for 10 or on vinyl for 20 and the vinyl is blue, which is really cool. We're not sure who we're having on the podcast next, but rest assured it will be someone great, so stay tuned for that in roughly two weeks. Hey, you want to come see my band play? Diane Motel doesn't play often, but we're kicking off this year's Island Unplugged Festival, August 1st and 2nd on Peely Island. We're the first band on Saturday at 2.30, so come check it out. It's a great festival in one of my favorite places in Ontario. Uh, other acts include the very best Windsor, Essex, and Ontario in general has to offer, including former podcast guest Tara Watts and future podcast guest Ron Leary and his sextet. Also, Leighton Bain, Sarah Smith, NQ Arbuckle, Mr. Chill, and Greg Cox, the Vaudevillian, Danny Michelle, and Juno Award winners, the Strumbellas from Toronto. For more information, to purchase tickets, and to book your ferry, visit theislandunplugged.org. That's theislandunplugged.org. Also, be sure to check out the website, uh, iqmjpod.com, and the tour dates section, for information on Derek's band, The Old Salts, and their ongoing tour, which is winding down now, you can head over to facebook.com slash theoldsalts or theoldsaltsband.com for more information and to hear some great tunes. As always, you can find us, listen to us, and contact us in a variety of ways. You can go to our website, iqmjpod.com. You can find us on Twitter at iqmjpod. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash iqmjpod. And you can email us at iqmjpod at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes, where it'd be really cool if you could rate or review us. No pressure, but seriously, that'd be really cool. And you can find us on SoundCloud by directing your interhighway browsing device to soundcloud.com slash iquitmyjob with dashes between all those words. Okay. Are we cool? Sweet. See you in two weeks. I quit my job. I quit my job. I quit my job. I'm free today.